Hello, ladies and gents. Welcome back to the RLS podcast. Um, I think I'm going to try and change my earphones just as we start, so you might hear a little sound. This is a terrible start to the podcast, um, but we've started now, so we'll be as well continuing to go. Um, so it's coming through my earphones now. Um, so if I'm being honest, like I've not been overly pro- proactive with the podcast um, in terms of getting guests on. I have literally been like getting to like a Monday or a Tuesday, and I've been coming up with some sort of subject to speak about. If you listen to last week's podcast, you'll understand how um, how tight it was getting. I was really not, not be, being able to think of a subject, so I ended up speaking about fucking robots and aliens and shit like that last week. Um, I promise I am not in a um, a multi story in the in the hill town today um, after a serious amount of drugs um, and speaking about random subjects that you would only ever speak about when you were in a kitchen at four in the morning. Um, we'll not be speaking about that this week, but we will be speaking about some, well, I essentially made the title, The Weird and Wonderful Things That We Do For Fitness. Um, because, look, there's I've heard stories from like clients over the years and there's been some wacky stuff. And I, always, I honestly appreciate when people share things like this with me, but there's obviously like heaps of other things people do and I won't share anyone's confidential stories. That is not what I've come on to do. It's more so to, to air my own dirty, dirty laundry. Um, and just like basically talk about like some of the weird things that I've done over the years. Um, hopefully it'll be possibly not educational, but you might be able to relate to some stuff and you might actually like go, oh, you know what, that's actually not as weird as I thought it was. Or thank God someone else does that. Um, because look, everyone's got their weird habits that they do behind the scenes, things that you wouldn't necessarily go and put on social media, things that you would, wouldn't necessarily go and tell someone you just met. Like people around you probably know, but like other people maybe don't. And I think for me, it's, it is quite funny. Like I like talking about the things that I used to do when I was younger, because I think I was like, I was just the most impressionable young man ever. Like I was so... Like I was so up for taking people's advice, regardless of how ridiculous it seemed to be. Um, and like a lot of guys will probably be able to relate to this. A lot of girls will be able to relate to it as well. But like the things that you should you used to watch on YouTube when you were younger, and the things that you used to um like read about on like you see these articles, um, you would literally take it for gospel. Only now after doing four years of uni and studying for however much longer you then understand what like a peer-reviewed article is and even still you can't necessarily take all those for gospel um because it is just the current research but no like if i'm to go into some examples i'm like the first part of this podcast i've got it written down it's the three weirdest habits that i used to have and where i got them from so the first one was from i'm gonna like i always say these things and i cringe when i say them but like geordie shore joel corey like what a poisonous guy that was and in, 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 in to watch in terms of your fitness. Like, don't get me wrong, he's done unreal with his music and stuff like that. But holy shit, taking fitness advice off that guy was not a good idea. Um, so I remember watching a particular video. I bet it's still on YouTube right now. I actually would be interested to go and see if I can find it. So he's he was sponsored by Optimum Nutrition at the time. And obviously, this is like Joe Corey. He's already in decent shape. Like He's DJing, fake tan on on Jordy Shore. Like, he's already pretty popular. So... These are the kind of people that I was looking up to when I was like 19, 18. Um, oh my God, I always cringe. I've actually got, remember those t-shirts that you used to wear when it was like a, a dropped V-neck and it was like a muscle fit. Holy fuck, I actually remember buying one. Um, and 
putting it on once and honestly thank god i never actually wore this thing and i was like yeah ryan you've not got the physique for one of these like it honestly like i had a still had a hairy chest when i was like 18 um so literally like you would see the absolute pubes coming out of this of this uh of this really tight long-sleeved gray top can't remember what the brand was but i honestly i was i wanted to be scotty t I actually wanted to be him so badly, which was is fucking cringeworthy that that was my idol. So you could understand why my head was at my absolute arse. Um, but yeah, I've went off on a tangent there. So pretty much, there's a video of Joe Corey where he basically like, he obviously he was DJing, so he's like up late at night and stuff like that. So his kind of idea was that he was totally disregarding sleep altogether. He was like, I was out clubbing until like three in the morning, but I, had to, but I have to get up at six. So what he was doing, he was like doing his fasted cardio on his treadmill. And this was like oh, ridiculous times of the morning. So I was like, hmm, this is how he gets in shape for his bodybuilding shows. And then he was eating like just uh, honestly nothing that ever had any flavor on it. It was like plain chicken and rice and stuff like that. So I was like, right, that's another thing that I need to note. I honestly just remember like, and people have probably heard me tell this story like a million times if you've listened to the podcast before, but I was literally doing a landscaping job, which is a pretty physical job, like you're wheelbarrowing all day, like picking up stones with a with a fork. I would literally be getting up at four in the morning. Can you imagine how I felt when my alarm went off? I was like, oh my fucking God. But I was just like, I remember the voice inside my head. It was like, this is what it takes to get in shape. This is what it takes to get in shape. Remember the fucking video with Joel Corey. And I would literally just, I would get up and I've still got the spin bike just now, actually. It's the same one. I would get up and I would jump on my spin bike and I would sit on it for like 35, 40 minutes until I like worked up a like excruciating hunger because I hadn't been eating enough. I would then go and eat my breakfast in 0.1 seconds flat. And that would be my fuel until like like 12 later on. Like, and that's my first break and then my idea then was to eat as little as possible but get as maximum amount of protein as possible so my lifestyle at that point was I was training like five to six times a week in the gym I was playing football three to four times a week I was then doing extra cardio on top of that I was walking and doing 10,000 steps every single day and um like I was just breaking down gradually um and so that was the first one like following fitness advice off of joel corey who literally won genetics again i don't want to blame genetics for everything but obviously the guy's genetically a lot better than me like i would probably never be able to get in the same shape as joel corey i could probably try but it's maybe never going to happen so first of all i'm comparing to someone else who i cannot get in the same shape as although i was comparing myself to i'm obviously watching geordie shore so you've got these guys who are treating girls like fucking shit they are drinking every single night but still staying in amazing shape so this again you could see how there was like this contradiction in my head i'm like i want to go out every single weekend because i'm trying to fucking be scotty t um however i can't get in the same shape as these people so it's quite confusing i'm like how the fuck do these guys do this so obviously i'm seeing no results off the back of my joel corey training program um and I just think push harder, push harder. You're not trying hard enough. You're not trying hard enough. So you keep going, you keep grinding. You're absolutely starving 24-7. Um, like that had no goal, no drive, no motivation. Um, actually ended up like ending a relationship at that point because I just had no drive for any sort of thing like that. Um, I mean, it was a mutual decision, let's be honest. Um, and yeah, generally just my whole life was just falling apart between us. And that's when I decided to go to Australia, um, which was probably the best decision i ever made and um, 
in regards to actually getting my head out of my arse. Um, although my head was well and truly still up my arse when I was there um, for many a reason. But yeah, that, I think that was possibly the first weirdest habit. Let's say the second weirdest habit was, I'm trying to think it's probably like food related. So yeah, so there's a couple of little things I used to do. Like I would say, for example, I would have had like 1,600, 1,700 calories. I would be going to football training and I could advise that like low, low, low calories and football do not go. So I'd be going to training. Like say I'd eaten about 1,000 calories from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to training at 7 p.m. Um, I went to training on absolutely no fuel. Like I, I was empty, starving. And I was like, just see it through training. And when you get home from training, you'll be able to eat Ryan and everything will be okay. So I'd come home again, absolutely devour the meal that I had in 0.2 seconds. And this then created this, this long lasting habit that I've now kind of still working on, but I still have it. And what you'll notice from a lot of the things I said, like I've, I still have a lot of these habits, but they're, they're on a leash like I've got them under control now and um, but I can still feel them raise their ugly head every now and again so I would come home and then I would absolutely devour that meal as quickly as I could because when you think about it like imagine well, think about the way a dog eats when it's got like three other dogs around it it goes to the bowl and it absolutely scoffs it because it's like well fuck I need to eat this as quickly as possible because none of these other dogs around me are getting it so that's almost the mentality that's going on in your head when you're severely starving yourself and I just pray that there is enough information out there now that there's nobody still doing this shit because like YouTube and like fitness and stuff like that was pretty rough like five six seven eight nine years ago when I was like first being introduced to it. it was pretty yeah it was the some of the information out there was terrible um <clears throat> like fat burners and I'll probably get onto them as well um but generally there was just like so many bad habits and I just I still have this habit of like I cannot not finish my meal see if i'm full and there's still food in front of me i will finish it regardless of how full or hungry i am um and i also still eat too quickly because it's this gorging mentality that you must eat food you are hungry if you do not eat this food quickly it will go to waste and i can't waste food and i think that's just been ingrained in me for years and um, it's been deeply ingrained in me like i cannot waste food i need to literally take the plate away from me and so like a situation where I struggle in is when there is like a spread. So if there's a spread of food, like again, I've got better control over it. But last dieting phase that I done, I've not necessarily done an, an actual quote unquote diet for probably two years now. And the last diet I did, I remember like it would hit Saturday nights and say, for example, there was a spread of food and I was having a few drinks. I would eat until I was sick and I had to go to bed, which is, which is mental. And, it was just this thing in the back of my head. It was like, you need to keep eating because you're you're starving your body of calories. So when you get the opportunity to, to gorge and to feed on this like massive feast, you must eat as much as possible. So yeah, wasn't necessarily um, a helpful habit. And I think the third one, one of the, again, these are not necessarily like the weirdest things because I'm sure heaps of other people have experienced this before, um, would be like the supplements that I used to take. So I always used to want to cut corners and it wasn't because I was lazy because I was the exact opposite of lazy back in like back at that age. I was willing to do fucking anything. Like I would work my bollocks off. If someone said go and run a half marathon every day, I probably would have tried it. Um, but yeah, some of the supplements I took, oh my God, like there was some shit out there. I don't know if anyone ever experienced these quote, I'm like asterisks and I'm putting an asterisk next to these. It's testosterone boosting tablets. And they were honestly like a fucking boulder. Um, like 
generally like must have been about an inch long or something like that. Um, and you had to like have two of these a day and it tasted like grit. It honestly tasted like you just poured a cement mixer into your mouth. And I was just, all it did was it made me like, I'm pretty sure there was caffeine in these as well. So you're absolutely buzzing off your tits, not able to sleep. Um, fat burning pills. There are still honestly so many of these on the market. So, so many of these on the market. And um, look, I'm sure give it 10 years, there'll be like, there will probably be a fat burning pill that will probably be pretty useful. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe not, maybe not legal. There's plenty of illegal stuff out there. Um, Clembuterol is probably one. Um, what's the other one again? Yohimbine, which I don't actually think is illegal. Um, or it might be illegal here. By the way, don't Google these things. Don't try them. I don't recommend it. You didn't hear that from me. I'm not recommending these things. By the way, Spotify will probably cancel me if I do. Um, <clears throat> although there are plenty of people out there that take these with control and they kind of know what they're doing. Um, most of the people that are taking it don't have a fucking Scooby. So. Um, there's yeah, as I said, there's loads of fat burning pills out there. I remember trying again. Jordy Shore head was absolutely fucking mush from this program. Um, Gaz was selling his fat burning pills for about like, I don't know, like seventeen pounds for a tub, and it's essentially like a pill which has got all these like fancy little things in it, like ginseng and uh, fuck knows what the other one was, like ashwagandha and stuff like that. Like some of these compounds, they're not they're not horrible. They're not like they're gonna kill you. Um, but majority of it was just like probably the equivalent of like three cans of Red Bull and one little tablet. So you take these and the fat burning pills, but there's a lot of studies out there that will say fat burning pills work in terms of burning fat. The reason that they do is because caffeine is the player. Caffeine essentially then means that you're less sedentary, you move more, you're not on your arse as much, therefore possibly burning an extra hundred calories a day. Um, so that's why and people can't sit down like people can't sleep so they're moving more during the day hence the reason that they have more fat loss not because the fat burning pill had some amazing incredible compound that burnt fat off of you but that's what i used to think i used to believe that i used to take them before the gym like i go to the gym um say for example like i don't know six or seven at night after after school and after i had my tea and then i would still i'd be sitting at night like absolutely pinging playing call of duty thinking fuck why can i not get to sleep so then your sleep's affected negatively and then everything in turn, your fat loss attempts are end up being an absolute nightmare because you're just constantly hungry because you've not had the right sleep and your hunger hormones are all over the place. So yeah, it's just a bit of a a bit of a a bit of a mess when it comes to that stuff. Um it'd be interesting to hear if like anyone's listening to this right now and they've like done any of these things before or you've kind of had any of these sort of silly habits back in the day or even if it's like something different like something that you used to do that you used to think was normal but now you're like why the fuck was I doing that I'd be interested to hear about that um so now it's like okay it's, it is fitness but this one's more more so like a, on a personal level like some of the some of the kind of like weird things I used to do like when I to be fair there's probably a direct correlation between this because see when I was around about that age like 16, 17, 18. I remember being that age and just thinking I was just a little bit disillusioned with the world. I was a little bit confused because I I grew up from probably like the ages of like, I don't know, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. And I was generally overweight. When I was at college, I think the heaviest I ever was was like 16 and a half stone. But I'd, I'd love to see what I looked like at 16 and a half stone because looking back, I'm like, was I actually that big? I remember having quite a like a chubby face. I'm squeezing my face right now as if anyone can see me. Um, I used to have quite a chubby face and I like, 
but to be fair, I remember being able to fucking squat like 150 when I was like 17 for a couple reps. Um, oh God, I would love to have seen it. It would well, I would have loved to have seen it back because I bet it was pretty ugly. But um, that's, pro- that's more than just more than I can squat just now. Um, so that's pretty interesting. So that weight must have been doing something. But I just remember not being able to move about the park on a football pitch and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think what happens is like in our younger age, we almost create this. Um, it's almost like a chip on your shoulder. So I remember generally getting a little bit of stick for being bigger, probably overplayed it in my mind. But when I was a bit younger, I used to get bullied, told I was fat, told I was big, like people on the football pitch. I remember one, I just always clearly remember this. Some guy was like to me, I came into the box for a corner and guy was like, check the fucking says of you, mate. Like, how are you on fucking steroids or something like that? But at that time, I was like, mm, compliment. Um my arms were absolutely massive at that age because, again, you could imagine 16 stone. I'm probably eating like three, three and a half thousand, four thousand calories every every single day. I got big. I was a pretty big lad um, for my age anyway. Um, I just remember someone saying that before. And then you get the odd little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the odd little shout on a fo- football park's always where it happened. People are nasty on a football park, like calling you like a fat so-and-so. So that was always a chip on my shoulder. And I was like, I think from from then all the way to now, like I've always had this like I'll prove you wrong mentality. Like fuck you. Like you told me I was fat, so I'm never gonna make. I'm gonna make sure I'm never that again. So like in a kind of weird roundabout way, like that's probably allowed me to do what I do today. Like and help people with those sort of problems and help people lose fat, help people perform well in a football park and feel confident and things like that. Because it was something that I generally struggled with before. Um and look. I still struggle with some of these things and like body dysmorphia is a massive challenge of so, so many people. Um, And again, I think it's one of these things that if you've suffered with it before, you've probably, to be fair, in the modern world, I think majority of people will have some sort of experience with it. A body dysmorphia is generally like when you look in the mirror and you see something that's generally not true, like you go, I'm so fat, oh, I've put on weight, oh, I'm so skinny. Like when you say things like that about yourself, when in in reality, you may not have any proof or evidence to suggest that's true. So me, I look in the mirror at the end of the day, I've had a load of carbohydrates that day. I've probably eaten a little bit more than I should have. I look in the mirror because of the day that I've had, I look in the mirror and I go, my God, how much have you eaten today? Like you're disgusting. You've put on weight, you're fat. Like that voice inside my head used to be so, so, so much stronger than it is now. Now I generally I'm more so worried about my hair now than my fucking than my body. Um, I'm more looking in the mirror going, "Fucking hell, you're receding." As as another extra little bit of blonde hair falls out of my head, I'm like, "Fuck." But anyway, that's a whole different story, which I will come on to. Um, yeah. So in terms of yeah, having that chip on your shoulder, body dysmorphia. I was just reminding myself of what I was saying there. Um, yeah, I think everyone suffers with it, and I think if there's a mini lesson to be had out of this, it's that. Body dysmorphia is heightened when there is a hyper-focus on scale weight, when there's a hyper-focus on calories, when there's a hyper-focus on checking your body, checking photos. Now, I know this is an actual component of my business, um, and I understand the way that this feels, but my mission for most people is to obviously get them the result, the body composition result, use the metrics that we need to use, if it is scale weight or it's measurements or it's body it's to use that and to quickly and swiftly move on to a world where we don't need that. And um, because I think that does heighten the feelings of body dysmorphia, it heightens the feelings of checking your body and going, mm, I don't feel so good. I don't feel, I feel fat. I don't feel nice. 
Um, and again, it does come down to like the way that you speak about yourself, like the way that you treat yourself, the way that you think about yourself is a massive component of, um, of the way that you will look in the mirror and, and what you'll see looking back at you. Um, cause if you can't be nice to yourself, then how do you expect anyone else to be nice to yourself and nice to you? Um, and that's something that I've learned lately. It's just, you, you do generally need to cut, cut yourself some slack, um, because one kilogram up or one kilogram down doesn't necessarily make you a better person. You are the same person inside as cheesy as that may sound. Um, and yeah, that, the, the thing that I kind of spoke about before was insecurity. So insecurity is something that always follows me about now it's kind of related to body dysmorphia now like the main ones for me in terms of insecurity and this is the, the weird and wonderful things we do for fitness is a bit of a tangent but i did say this could go anywhere um it's really interesting to indicate your your biggest insecurities and understand like is there any rash rational kind of thought behind them so if i was to explain my biggest insecurities my biggest insecurities one when I was younger, it used to be the mole on the side of my face. So I've got one on the, is this the right side of my face? Yeah, I'm looking at the, the screen. So it's the right side of my face. That used to bother me so much um, because of what people had said. Now I generally forget I've got a face. Second thing is always my body. Honestly, I could be in the best shape that I've ever been in in my life. I remember at Hideout probably being as lower body fat than I've ever been in my life but still feeling uncomfortable walking about with my top off. Genuinely, today, walking about with my top off still makes me feel a little bit weird and a little bit queasy. Um, I don't still, I don't do it that often. I mean, where do you really get the chance to do it here unless I'm like swimming or something like that? It still just makes me feel a little bit strange. Um, and it's ridiculous because... I'm in better shape than I've ever been. Um, but that voice instilled my, inside my head, that insecurity is still there. And it's something I'm still working on. My hair is, again, I'm not afraid to kind of share this before. It used to be a massive um, insecurity of mine. My hair, although you probably don't notice it in photos, um, there is a massive residual, a massive receding hairline, which is the main thing that triggers me nowadays. Now I'm must admit, I'm saving up for a, for a hair transplant. Hope the fuck it works. Um, I'll be heading to Turkey next year at some point to get one. Um, so, well, hopefully I'm heading to Turkey. I know there's been a few things going on there lately. Um, by the way, that is not in any sort of humour. That is a genuine, genuine comment. Like, it's pretty rough what's going on there just now. Um, what was that? Went off on a tangent again. But yeah, generally, like, that is something that, I want to fix. And I think one of the messages that you can take away from that is like, if you have an insecurity, now a lot of it can be irrational. A lot of it can make no sense. And a lot of it can be based on past experience and based on something someone said to you um, previously, be it years ago, months ago, or even just like literally a couple of days ago, someone said something to you, it can really stick with you. But something you can do, you can literally seek change towards that insecurity. So for me, um, it's a hair transplant. Like I will want to get one at some point because my hair is, I personally, I like my hair. It's always been something that I've found comfort in. Even when I was overweight, I always liked my hair. I always thought that my hair was nice, which is weird. And I think I got evidence backed up with that when in the yearbook at school in the last year, someone says, you have the best hair. And I was like, oh, thanks. Um, and that made me feel really good about my hair. So that's possibly something if I look back to, that's probably why I really like my hair. And as much as people tell me I would suit a boulder, I'm not having it. I'm honestly just not having it. 
nothing against anyone with a balder, but I just don't want to have a balder. Um, I want to have hair. Um, but yeah, the weird thing about a hair transplant is you need to get a balder to get a hair transplant. So you almost need to get used to having a balder by getting a hair transplant. So in theory, by the time you, your hair grows back, you'll be like, oh, fuck, it, I'm used to being bald anyway. So it's a win-win, I think. Well, I'll probably lose a bit of cash, but it's a win-win. That's something I'll go for. Um, and yeah, a couple other things. Like for me, it doesn't matter how much money I've got in the bank. I will still be worrying about money. Like I think in this climate, like it is generally just like money is a massive worry. Like I went around the shops today in Asda and literally picked up about 12 items. And then you're like, come out of 40 quid. And I'm like, fucking hell. Things are expensive. Things are seriously expensive. And I honestly don't think, and I think money is a funny thing because don't get me wrong. Like, and I know there's a study, it was essentially done. I think it was done in American dollars, but I think anywhere up to like 75,000 American dollars and over the happiness threshold is basically capped. So they basically did a study on based on happiness and the amount of money that you earn in a year. So they found that anywhere up to, and so anywhere above $75,000 a year, all the way up to being a billionaire, happiness levels out. So money can't buy you happiness after $75,000 a year. Now translate that into pounds if you want. Um, but anything under that, obviously, there is a component of it. Um, but I generally just think like when you have X amount of money in the bank, as long as you are comfortable, as long as you can pay the bills, um, as long as everything's going generally fine and you're living within the things that you want to do and your money is not restricting restricting you every single weekend and you have to stay in and you have to and you can't buy this and you can't buy that. Um within reason, obviously, not like just generally going out and buying everything. I think that you will always have the same money problems, regardless of how much money you have, because you're, as you earn more money, your spending increases. You buy a bigger house, you buy a bigger car, you spend more money, you start shopping at a nicer shop, um, you start going to M&S. Ooh, wow, imagine, fucking hell, nobody can afford that. Um, you end up just upping your spending habits in comparison to the money that you make, if that makes sense. Um, so generally, like I just think it doesn't matter how much you make, you'll always have money worries. Again, I suppose it's a slight motivation as well. Like if there's a the right amount of money worry, I suppose it can be turned into motivation to earn, to earn more. Excuse me. And that's the other thing. Like I'm I'm impulsive with money. Like I'm impulsive with spending. See, if I see something that I really want, or I see like a deal on, you know, like these fucking like Ramsey Travel and Hayes Travel and stuff like that. These travel companies, you know, when they advertise their their holidays, I'm like, like this is the thing that I get impulsive with. I'm like, oh my god, it's only. 300 pounds to go to to go to Mozambique count me in I'm going um I'm so like bad at like even just like Facebook ads oh there's this new random little thing for my office or there's this like a bit of clothing that's popped up because I see like some sort of influencer wearing this bit of clothing I'm like oh I really want that like a lot of the time I'm still pretty impulsive with with my spending I could have so much more savings if I didn't live like this but Again, that's something that I need to get a hold of. I'm not like an absolute fucking financial guru. Like I'm far from it. Like I genuinely could be much better with my spending. Um, and it's the same as anyone. Like you tap it on your card, it sometimes doesn't even count. Like you feel like it doesn't count as spending. Um, but yeah, I need to really get out of that. Well, not out of it, but I need to get control of it. Um, and I think a couple of other things is like in the in regards to my mindset, is like I still get anxious. Like 
even on see on Monday mornings, especially if I've obviously been out for a drink and stuff like that at the weekend, I wake up on a Monday morning because I know it's my heaviest day of work. And I get anxious. Like I generally get pretty anxious. I got to go and communicate as an introvert. I keep calling myself an introvert, but I'd like to think that I'm, I possibly will always be an introvert, but I'm growing out of it. I get anxious. I've got like 70 people, well, maybe not 70, but like 50 people to reply to. 70 people, 50 people to send voice notes to, to communicate with, to make sure they're doing okay. Like that fills me with a lot of pressure. Um, and I'll be honest, see, by the end of the day, I'm like, hell, like that has drained me. Like it takes a lot out of me. Um, but at the same point, like something that a lot of people might not be able to live with, um, Ellie, fortunately can can deal with me like see on a sunday or see like on a on a day off or a day where i'm relaxing um i cannot fucking sit still i have to do something like you will only time i will sit in my bed and watch netflix is like from the time of like 8 p.m onwards like the weekend i don't know how to chill i don't know how to sit and see obviously i'm self-employed i'm sitting at home on my laptop most of the day doing my work I cannot just leave this laptop and go and just sit and watch Sky Sports or just go and sit and watch YouTube. I will literally have my lunch. I'll maybe have a drink or I'll be having a coffee at breakfast. I'll watch YouTube for five minutes and then I'll be away straight into work. And that's one of like one of my problems. Like I can't relax. Like I cannot chill out. And to be fair, there's an argument to that is I honestly think that when people say, oh, I need to switch off. I've had a rough day, a rough day at work or a rough week at work. I need to switch off. You know, these people that are constantly switched on who try to switch off, it doesn't work. You end up picking up your phone, you end up scrolling Instagram and Twitter and just looking for something to stimulate your brain. I honestly believe that you need to switch on to something else. So for me, it's it's actually getting out of the house. It's going and doing something. It's going for a meal. It's going and exerting my body in some sort of way. Like I will always want to go and do something. Like I am not, I'm not built for relaxing and chilling out and sitting down like I'm going to the bath and I'm literally in there for five minutes and I'm like, I'm bored. I want to get out of here. Um, it's although for some people you may think, what the fuck, like chill out, man. Like you must be impossible to be around. Um, luckily Ellie has, can deal with it. Um, but I honestly, I've really struggled. Like, it was a couple of Sundays ago. Ellie basically asked me, he was like, we'll just sit in bed on Sunday. We'll have a coffee and we'll just watch the TV. And then I just started getting the, like this, this like overriding like it wasn't a pain, but it was like a, like I felt like I was going to blow up inside of my chest. And I was like, I need to move. I need to get up. Like I cannot be sat in this bed. And it's like almost this toxic productivity. I'm like, if I'm not doing anything, well, what, why am I, why am I even here? Like I need to get up and get going. So I, I actually got up and started cleaning the whole house. I was like, let me clean the kitchen. Let me clean the bathroom. Let me put washing on. And I'm like, why can I not just chill out? It's it's frustrating and it's something that, again I'm working on. Um, but I need to take myself away from the house. I need to take myself for a walk or to a somewhere to actually chill out. Um, what even is chilling out? Like, what's your definition of that? I think everyone's is different. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, like I've written down a couple of things. Um, like see some of the thoughts you have in the shower. Aren't they fucking mad? Like, I think that was that was one of the only things I I was like. Do people do people do this? Like, see, when you're in the shower, like I come up with the like I literally come up with social media posts in the shower, like, and I have to jump out of the shower, soak the floor, and start typing it into my notes because I'm like, fucking hell, how did you think of that? Or in the car, see, when you're in the car, like driving on your own somewhere, that is where I come up with the best ideas. 
I don't know whether there's something therapeutic about being in the car on your own and just driving somewhere, just being in your own thoughts. It's it's quite a strange one that I don't know. Like I just feel like because you can't do anything else other than focus on the road and like listen to whatever you're listening to. I just feel like I get so focused in on something and I just honestly come up with all my best ideas. Um, although some of them are arguably not good ideas. I do come up with a lot of ideas, not maybe good ideas. Um, what was that thing? Like, see, randomly, th- like, randomly thinking about people dying. Like, that, do that in the car as well. Like, I randomly just go, fucking hell, what if he died? Or what if she died? Like, like family members and that. I'm like, fucking hell, that's rough. Or, like, thinking about my dogs dying and stuff like that. People, Other people must do this. I, I swear they must do it. Like, I genuinely just begin to think, like, fuck, that would be shit. And I, I don't know. But that's probably a very common thing, but I don't know. Maybe it isn't. Um, and... I think obviously like football as well. Football is is a big one. Like anyone that is listening to this that plays football, has played football, has watched football, supports foot like supports a football team, you'll know how much like getting beat lives with you for days. Like I, some people are better and I'm better at getting over it now than I used to be. But I honestly see when I was like 16, I used to come home crying in the shower if I'd got beat. Like if I got beat at football, I'd cry, I'd literally just be a horrible person to be around and just like let that drag on for days like I'd wake up on Monday morning and think about a mistake that I'd made in the game and just fuck like literally shout fuck out loud Um, I don't know like I used to get that at FIFA as well again someone will relate to this when I was younger like anywhere from when FIFA first came out I actually recall times of me I recall this one time where I actually took my Xbox controller, the wireless one, walked out my front door and chucked it as far as I could into a cow's field. There's probably a cow choked on an Xbox controller. Don't phone the RSPC. There's no proof to that. Um, But I literally lobbed it into a field as far as I could. And then there's other times I remember the Wii remote got thrown through the TV. I stuck a hole in my wall because Kenny Miller scored against Celtic in the old firm. Um, Some of the things I used to do, like I used to be an angry young man. It was obviously, as I said, there was a chip on my shoulder. Um, I was an angry, angry young man. Um, but please, if you can honestly relate to any of this stuff or any of this stuff's went through your head before, drop me a message. Um, and generally, we don't need to come up with anything off the back of it. It's just, it's just, cur- I'm just curious to know that I'm not an absolute psycho, um, and there are other people that think like this. Um, and yeah. We all have addictive habits. We all have weird habits. Um, I'm absolutely addicted to ice cream. Like if I start a tub, I'll finish a tub. I'm sure that's pretty common as well. It's just down to the the amount of sugar in them probably. Um, Hence why we've got a thing called Halo Top now. How good is it that you can actually just go into that full tub of ice cream and know there's only 360 calories in here. I can't do 2,000 calories of damage like I could do with a Ben and Jerry's. Um, So yeah, hopefully you took something away from that. I don't really know what the point in that episode was. I'm going to start getting more guests on um, and hopefully start delivering you some actual fitness advice. Um, or it doesn't always need to be fitness advice, but something a little bit more um, educational as such. Um, but yeah, hopefully you now know all my deepest, darkest secrets. Well, you don't know all of them. There's some bad ones. We'll do a, we'll do a part two for that one. 